Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. It's everybody's 4th of July. Sure you celebrated pretty good, Brian Dunn? Yeah, it was a pretty exciting day. Um, I was exhausted because my kid made me sleep in a tent on July 3rd, so. <laughs> Turns out my kid sets up tents on top of rocks. Why did you let him set the tent up? Because mm, I thought it was going to be... Okay, you guys will actually appreciate this story. So him and his buddy wanted to sleep in the tent in the backyard, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, set up the tent. You guys can do it. So I had to help him, obviously, but they got it set up. And then uh, a little while later, he's like, yeah, my friend can't sleep over anymore. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, he, he elbowed his sister in the neck, and now he's not allowed to sleep over anymore. Like, all right, that's a pretty good reason. A few minutes later, the uh, he shows back and he's like, "Well, now can the sister sleep over? Like, as long as her neck's okay, sure." So I put him in the tent. I come inside. I'm watching one of the movies for the podcast, and all of a sudden, I hear like footsteps come in the back door. I'm like, uh, "Oh shit, they must be scared or whatever." And uh, kid's like, uh, "Where'd my friend go?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so I go back out to the tent, and the other kid's just gone. So mild panic because it's midnight and I'm missing a five-year-old. It turns out she got scared in the tent and, and instead of um, coming inside like she was instructed to do in that case, she just went home. Good Lord. Fuck. She just lives next door, so it's not like she's okay. gone far, but it's like kind of a mild panic when it's midnight. You can't find the five-year-old it's you're responsible for. conversation at midnight. Oh, yeah, and then you got to yeah. call the mom and wake her up and be like, is your kid home? And she's like, yeah, didn't you send her home? And I'm like, no, she ran off on her own. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm assuming the mom went, she came home hours ago. Maybe my kid should never stay the night at your house again. Mm. Well, she was, no, she was, it was only about two hours between when I left them in the tent because I went in there and then like, when my kid woke up and realized his friend was missing. So, What if she would have been like, hey, that's not funny. My daughter died six months ago. That would have been awesome. Honestly, that would have been <laughs> Like. My nephew pulled uh, a very similar situation to that whole thing. Uh, but it was a lot more uh, panic-inducing. Oh, yeah. So my nephew decided he wanted to stay at my brother's house. And my sister's like, all right. Um, and then he decided at about 1030, um, I think I just want to go home. And my brother's like, no, 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 it's too late. We're not, you know, I'm not driving, Yeah, driving you back home, whatever. So we're all just going to go to bed and then, uh, I'll take you home in the morning. Well, apparently everybody in the house fell asleep except for my nephew. And at about 1am he decided, well, I'm just going to walk home. 
Now, the detail about this is that my sister lives uh, very far away. I mean, theoretically, it's not a long drive, but it is a very long walk. Yeah. And so he, he just started walking down the street like one in the morning. Keep in mind, he's like nine at the time. <laughs> and some dude pulled over and is like, it's a little late for you to be out. Um, and then offered him a ride and my nephew accepted. Oh, that's not good. And then he drove, he, luckily he was a good dude and he just drove my nephew home. Yeah. And he waited until like somebody came out to like, you know, Hey, I picked your, your guy up on the road or whatever. So he could tell the parents, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kid's never allowed to leave the house again. Nope. Nope. I was like, I'm guessing you won't be staying anywhere for a while. And she's like, Oh no, 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 no. So yeah. And it's one of those things where it's nice to hear the story of like the guy just picked him up, took him home. Probably that's what most people would do. But most of the time when you hear the story, it's because that's not what they did. Yeah. Yeah. When my sister told me, like I literally, I had a panic attack. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Do it. God, I told him. I'm like, you know, you're super lucky, right? Because wrong person picks you up and you get in the car, you're just you're done for. Yeah, or anything else happens, right? Like, yeah. There's not supposed to be nine year olds on the side of the road at that time of night. Somebody just has to have just a car accident or a drunk driver or something. Yeah. This doesn't even have to be somebody coming after you, you know? No. Yeah. Apparently, my brother didn't even realize it until the next morning. It's like, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, that's the thing about kids, though, right? Like, you go to bed and then you just kind of assume they're not going to leave the house. But what are you going to do? Never sleep? Like, it's. Oh, yeah. You know? Now there's stories of when I was like three, I would unlock the door because I figured out how and just venture off. Apparently, I was picked up by the police a couple times. I had a friend whose uh, kid was, I think he was three or four. And like, there was like a convenience store just like a couple of blocks away. And uh, he was there with his mom and he started asking for candy or something. And mom said no. Then mom went to the basement to do laundry, like which is a totally normal thing to do when you're home with kids. Is and in the time it took her to like go and like switch over the laundry, the kid snuck out the front door, which was locked, made it down to the store, stole the candy, and made it home. He was sitting <laughs> in the front hallway just eating the candy. She's like, "Where the hell did you get that?" Good lord. Well, that I mean that you can't even be mad at the kid. That's almost impressive. Here's here's the best part of that story though, because it doesn't end there, right? So. Dad gets called home from work like mom doesn't know what to do. She's in a panic. Dad decides punishment for the kid. He's going in his bedroom for the remainder of the day. Got to do something big to teach him a lesson, right? So he uh, goes goes in, puts the kid in the bedroom. He says, absolutely, under no circumstances are you allowed to open this door. Do not open the door to your bedroom. You are in here for the rest of the afternoon. And then the neighbors call because the kid got bored. So he didn't open the door. He went out the window and neighbors could see it on the roof. And they're like, what the fuck do you even say to that? How are we supposed to know he was going to come? That sounds like they need to just uh, get rid of that kid. Yeah. Seems well, like that, kid's, that kid's already gone bad. That's a bad one. 
Yeah, she turned out great. He's like, this is an older story. He's the kid's 19 or 20 now. Just got a summer job at a nuclear power plant. Well, he obviously can't be trusted. What the fuck is he doing working at a power plant? Did you guys did you guys go to the plant and tell them not to tell him things like absolutely under no circumstances <laughs> should you go into the nuclear reactor? <laughs> Just, I'm hoping he's smartened up a little bit by now. Is that little motherfucker be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you get atomic skulls. We ain't got no supermans to save us oh, from them atomic skulls. There you go. I may have created a supervillain by writing him the letter of recommendation to a nuclear power plant. Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? Maybe. Weirdly, I think the last time that that nuclear power plant almost melted down, your president stopped it. So, like our current like, president, like himself, yeah. like he drove yeah. over there and was like, "I got this." Yeah, something like that. See Biden just pulling up in his Camaro and fucking aviator sunglasses on, loosens up his tie. He's like, "I got this." Did you? Did you guys see the hilarious story that they found a bag of cocaine in the White House? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Great. Or if the other guy might have left it, he was sniffing a lot in a lot of his uh, press conferences. I'm going to go ahead and assume it was neither one of those. Oh, no. everybody, everybody's trying to say it's Hunter Biden. But like the, the whole thing is <laughs> it's the story's so much more boring than people are putting it out to be. It was found in an unlocked supply supply closet that sits directly next to the cubbies where when visitors come in, they tell you you have to put your cell phone in a thing. And it's literally right next to that. So somebody came in, reached in their pocket to grab their phone and went, oh, my God, I just walked into the fucking White House with a bag of cocaine and yeah. stashed it. I mean, it's kind of funnier to say it is Hunter Biden. So, yeah, oh, it's, it's going to be way funnier because they keep talking about how the Secret Service is investigating. And I can't wait for it to come out that it's a Secret Service agent's stash of cocaine. And they're like, God damn it, Phil. You made us all look like idiots. Well, these are some great stories. You know who else told some great stories? Lord Byron and Mary Shelley. Did they? Did they, though? Well, at least one of them did. Hey, Duck, do you want to tell us about Gothic? All right. Um, so a bunch of spoiled rich kids hole up in a castle. Having a good old time with uh, some orgies and some seances and stuff like that. That good old fashioned uh, French libertine, yep. uh, sexual stuff, yeah. and it's whatever whatever year it is, eighteen something, and uh, I don't. Basically, a bunch of weird, creepy shit starts happening, and they are all trying to uh, figure out what's going on. And uh, um, I don't know, weird, creepy shit, weird, creepy shit, weird, creepy shit. And at the end, they're like, "By the way, she wrote Frankenstein." Because of all the creepy shit she saw. That's, I mean, it's, it's not a plot heavy film. I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to say about that. <laughs> Once again, this is one of these movies that going into it on paper, I should really like this movie. Because it's just like, you know, it's it's got a great cast, but it's kind of exploitative, you know, trash. Kind of. I, 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 I don't think anybody would accuse this film of being highbrow. No. But... But man, this it's just not a very good movie. <laughs> well, it's not good storytelling. It is good visuals. Right. Um, yeah, the story's nonsense. It's very much like a mood 
than anything else? Well, and it's a and it's a slow burn, and it's a slow burn into just kind of a bunch of pseudo psychedelic nonsense, which doesn't work very well. I don't I don't know. I I felt like whenever they wake up the next day and they're having that polite conversation. I was I was still going, well, what the fuck happened? Are we supposed to is it supposed to be that was real? Or is it supposed to be the fact that they were all doing fuck tons of laudanum? I don't know if you guys noticed that, <laughs> but they did a lot. Yeah, they did well, so much that they should they should all be dead. But so I was like, are, is it just a fever dream? They all got super high on laudanum and had a whole night of being whacked out of their fucking gourds. Yeah, and and I don't know the answer to that. Um, that's and I, I, that's a real flaw in the film that at the end you don't know the answer, and because it's I don't think it's designed to be like a mystery. It's more right. like a, right. It's not. I don't think it's intentionally vague. I, I don't. I don't feel like there's much intention anywhere in this film. Again, like you said on paper, sounds great. Execution, I mean, I, you're like, mm, nah. I mean, the cast, the cast is so fucking good. That's so right. many good actors in this movie, and the performances are fine. That's not an right. issue at all. The big old plate full of leeches is pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when that dude drinks the leech juice, that's the moment in the film that I was like, no, don't, don't <laughs> drink. Please don't drink the leech juice. What's his face? The kind of the quote fingers main character before Mary Shelley takes over. But is it do they just keep calling him Shelley? Is that it? It's her future husband or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's such a whiny little bitch. Through the whole, you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, played by uh, Julian Sands. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's he's an annoying character, which is frustrating. Yeah, and Lord Byron, I don't. Once again, there's some confused messaging in what his deal is. Like, is he just supposed to be like a, a fucking? Uh, like, why is my my brain just erased a word from it? Type of depression where you go manic and depressive. It's got bi in it. Bipolar? Thank you. What the fuck? <laughs> it was fun listening that's to the struggle, though, Noah. Oh, my God. That's been happening more and more and more the last few months. It's like my brain just goes, no, this word is gone now. Uh, yeah, but because he's such a fucking. So he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I love you guys. I love you guys. I'm a rapist. And you're like, whoa. And then he's like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just kidding. I'm a bastard. And you're like, what the fuck is this dude doing? It was very strange and not, again, you don't know whether it's supposed to be drug induced. You don't know whether it's supposed to be, um, you know, kind of fantasy in the way other people are seeing him because there are all these weird things going on. Or is it just, um, is it just like poor writing, I guess? is the other option. And you can't tell what's going on. Like again, the film doesn't really make any sense. You know, like I, I don't really know what the film's about other than you. It's fun to watch the little cues and see how it connects together to give parts of the Frankenstein story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought there'd be more to relate to like the Frankenstein story. And I don't feel like I got any of that. There's a lot of like, they talk about, uh, how Byron is this 
reclusive character who lives off on his own and what is he doing over there and i'm like okay that's obviously part of the frankenstein character right like where he's run away from everyone and he's doing his experiments and nobody quite knows what he's doing yeah and then obsession uh, with lightning yeah the the lightning and even the lightning striking the tree and the fact that it kind of quote-unquote brought it alive in their eyes because they could see the shadows or whatever um there's tons of talk about the dangers of bringing someone back from the dead they're talking about it more in a spiritual sense um like the idea of contacting someone through seances or whatever but it's kind of constantly referred to as bringing them back from the dead rather than referred to as like contacting them from the beyond or whatever that you might choose to say so it's all it's it's all there if you're looking for it um they talk about instilling your fears into your creation yeah and the idea of there's something in there too i can't remember who said it there was one part where they're talking about how like you know things things go wrong because you don't give them the attention they deserve and they become abandoned that's all tied into the frankenstein story so i think there's a lot there if you're looking for it um but the problem is with it not being that interesting or well made of a film it's uh it's very strange that they uh cried it the way they try to put it all together is like well are we here just to watch these creepy weird visuals is this just one of those movies or are we here for all these little like subtleties and it's hard to pay attention to those subtleties with all the wacky shit going on you know paintings coming to life and evil midgets sitting on people's chests and you know orgy scenes and a guy shaves his head somewhere in the middle of the night and then later he's running around half naked and you're just like well i think it's supposed to be a wig how's it okay but again like i don't care and that's the problem with the movie yeah i would have i would have rather the movie leaned harder into there being a monster and that the monster is real. And then the next morning just have the reveal that it was all a drug induced. Sure. Thing. Yeah. I think I'd ha- I'd rather just have it. Um, yeah. Like have it one way or the other, right? Either the mo- throughout the movie, we assume this is all real. And then the next morning we find out it's drug induced or let us know the whole time that it's not real, that it's, that is, this is drug-induced paranoia or whatever. One way or the other. Like, this idea that we don't know throughout the film and still don't really know at the end. And, you know, whether that's intentional or unintentional, it, it doesn't really work. To be fair, I also fell asleep for a little bit during this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's fair. Man. But I also felt like I did. it didn't make any more or less sense after I woke up. No, did before I don't I think it asleep, did. So. Like, you... I don't know exactly what you missed, but you missed like random scenes of shit happening because that's what this movie is a collection of, right? I think, I think Brian's missed 30 minutes of every movie we've watched for the last 20 episodes. Yeah. (sighs) Maybe I think all three of us should just start picking better movies. I do. I I didn't pick these motherfuckers. This was, this was your pick, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Not only did you pick it, but you put it on the list. I said all three of us. I included myself right. in that statement. Jesus. That's, a, that's some real Trumpy bullshit, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't, you, don't you all sides us when you're being naughty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, this was literally just picked because it had the word gothic in the title, because it's the yep. entire title. It wasn't, it wasn't for our secondary theme. I'm, you uh, know what? I'm kind of surprised 
I never rented this movie because the the cover art was real good. You guys remember it, right? The the box art that's like kind of almost an oil painting version of the horrible little midget man sitting on her chest. Yeah. We'll call him horrible midget man. He's an awesome little midget man. I love that dude. Evil midgets are some of my favorite midgets. Like yes, the, the artwork. By the way, my girlfriend yesterday pointed out that there's going to be a little person wrestling show coming to the area soon. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Brian, as well. What were you saying? I guess I know what we're doing now. I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Uh, I literally just picked this movie because it had the word gothic in the title. Nothing else. Oh, and in our secondary theme of... Uh, apparently woman loses baby and goes crazy. Not to mention lots and lots of baby corpses in this week's episode. This, yeah, this movie a, features there's a lot of heavily, dead babies in these two movies. There's a lot of like, and not like, oh, there's a cradle and people look in it and are shocked or like throwing a baby corpse up on screen. I hope you're emotionally prepared to see that. <laughs> yeah. About how about that scene with that suit of armor with the the giant spiked dick cod piece? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I didn't like it. It made me uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah, this one's hard. Like, I wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody. But if oh. somebody was like, "Should I watch this?" I probably wouldn't be like, "No, you probably shouldn't watch it." I'd probably be like, "Ah, it, it might hit you right." I don't know. You should watch this and uh, Edge of Sanity together. But make sure you watch Edge, Edge of Sanity second because it's the better movie. Yeah, well, yeah, because they're both got weird <laughs> fucked up sexual shit in them. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, look, this movie didn't have Julian Sands or Gabriel Byrne looking eye level onto a prostitute's asshole, but, you know. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's what I'm awkward. saying. You need more people looking into a lady's butthole to really sell a movie. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's what you were saying or if that's necessarily uh, correct. Uh, I'm just saying not every movie can be perfect. I don't know. Anything else before, before we move on? No, I did Google it and Joe Biden didn't do it, have anything to do with that nuclear power plant. It was Jimmy Carter that stopped the meltdown. Oh. Of, course, <laughs> of course he fucking did. He probably fucking flew in on fucking weird angel jesus wings <laughs> i don't know i don't know. It, the problem is you guys keep electing older and older presidents so they're like the same age even though one of them was the president 30 years ago and one of them's the president now because well, 30 well, years ago carter really fucked years things ago. up because like he he was kind of a garbagey president and a genuinely decent person it seems like in which apparently people went, oh, decent people can't be president. <laughs> That's the takeaway we should have from this. That's what happened. <laughs> one one party was like, just decided to go with the showy guys who can speak well. And the other party decided to start trying to elect celebrities. And there you go. Yep. Moving on. Hey, Noah, do you want to tell us about uh, American Gothic? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh so lady uh lets her baby drown in the bathtub. Uh, bad bad plan. It, my wife was accident. my wife my wife was real fucking mad whenever she went downstairs to answer that phone. She was like, You never fucking leave my baby in the tub. And I was like, Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, an I think accident. We all know where Noah. this is going. It was an accident. She's an innocent victim of a situation that she had no control over. 
Uh, that's how this movie betrays it, and that's how, that's the world we have to live in. That's the world they set us up in. Right. I mean, it's I I understand momentary lapse of judgment. Something bad happens. Blah 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 blah. Okay, but she's crazy. Her husband picks her up from the nut house uh, and says, "I'm going to take her on a soothing vacation." So he loads her and his douchebag friends up into the rickety ass fucking seaplane you've ever seen. <laughs> and immediately has to like kind of crash land onto an island because the plane's fucked up. Uh, then we go into a Texas chainsaw massacre, wrong turn, you know, weird redneck in the wood murder movie. And when that movie ends, all of a sudden it takes a hard right turn. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's actually about crazy girl who went crazy and joined the redneck murder family who has now gone even crazier and is now murdering the redneck murder family. <laughs> and I, I cannot tell you guys that at first I was like, what the fuck? This is weird. And then I was like, no, yeah, fuck yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's such a strange movie because you spend so much of it just going, what the fuck? fuck seriously like because it starts with like the basically i mean it starts with like picking her up from the nuthouse and then getting the plane you're like well that plane's gonna crash or whatever they're gonna be stuck somewhere when they meet like ma and pa and you're like oh well it's just this weird old couple and then the kids show up and you're like what is going on now sorry why are there grown adults acting like children i don't understand and then all of a sudden all the fun murdering starts and you're like all right i'm down for it i do i do love the fact that some so this movie takes so long to get fucking going, which is weird because so much happens once it gets going. I oh, really yeah. thought it was. I mean, whenever she was the uh, the scene where she's standing with him and watching the sun get whipped, and and she starts chanting with him like the will of God or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was the end of the movie for sure. I was like, it has to have been two hours by now, and it's like, nope. The whole movie's only like an hour 27 or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is the end of the second act. I'm like, what in the fuck is happening? There are 10 kills in this movie in in an hour and a half. And somehow it does still seem like it takes a long time to get going. And and what's his face in it? The dude with the weird, smooshy, tiny face. You guys know who I'm talking about? Michael Pollard? Yeah. Yeah, with his weird little face. Isn't he great in this movie, though? He's he's great in everything. I'm always a big fan. He's he's so well suited to the role that he's cast in, though. It's like just a no brainer. It's like, oh, my God. Perfect. Like having him play the sort of mischievous child who's actually an adult. Yeah, I feel like all three of them, because that's the thing about this movie. They'll, they'll, They'll dole out like, oh, we have a daughter who's like 50, but she acts like she's, you know, seven. Yep. And then a couple minutes later, it's like, oh, by the way, we have a son who also looks like he's 50 and also acts like a child. Oh, by the way, we also have a third son. Well, well that's what I'm saying. Child. This movie's an hour long. I feel like it takes 30 minutes for them to get to the old people, like to get to the house. So in that last 30 minutes, somehow an hour and a half passes, which I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it, the thing is, even though this film came out in like '87, it really feels like a '70s style film. Like, it, like a lot of '70s films are like that slow build, slow build, slow build, crazy fucking climax, right? This film has that, even though, but it's clearly an '80s movie. Like the rest of the atmosphere is very '80s, and it's, I don't know, it's very strange, but in a good way. Yeah. But I was gonna say, like all three of the the children characters, I feel like actually do a pretty good performance yeah. in this movie. I, I like the the mom and pa too. The whole weird family, I love. The yeah, yeah, they're well. they're great too. Yeah. yeah, there's there is one question in this movie that they never answer, or at least if they did, I missed it. Where the fuck did the mummy baby come from? That's interesting. Um, You're right. I feel. Uh, I guess that wouldn't make sense if she's that yeah. old. I thought it. I well, I thought it was supposed to be the daughter had a baby and it died. Yeah, and, and it, that it was probably Teddy's because they make a weird reference of no, if I yeah, do yeah. that, you know, I'll get beat again or something. Yeah, but then it turns out what she wanted was to murder the guy. So that yeah. whole conversation doesn't make any sense if it's. A sexual thing. I, I don't know. It's just weird. I just. I like, where did the mummy baby come right? from? I, I suspect that's an incest baby, and that, yeah, they, like, probably one of the brothers and the sister had a baby, and then Pa was like, "That's an evil baby because it's from incest, so we're gonna kill it." And then she was sad, so like, "Well, we'll make it into a doll for you." so that you don't have to deal with the sadness of having your baby killed. Because that seems like the kind of fucked up attitude that this family has. But I, it's not stated in the film. That's just the kind of a, a general impression I got as to where that baby came from. Well, do we also know if the if the if those three are their actual children? Could they have been children that they just took from random people who showed up on the island? Yeah, possibly. Who fucking knows? I mean... I, I don't feel that way, but it, I don't think there's anything in the movie that directly contradicts that either. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I only thing I would say is that I feel like they have to have raised them from very young to have them all behaving as children, as a, even though they're adults. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm wondering if they like people. Well, I guess that um, I don't fucking know. If people had shown up on the island with their children and then they killed those people and then took their children and raised them, yeah, it's plausible. Still work. Yeah, but I don't know how great. How great is the scene where uh, crazy pants finally goes full crazy and gets in a tug of war match with the crazy daughter oh. of the dead baby? I was yes. like, this is gross. <laughs> I loved it so much. Baby comes apart. Well, because I kept trying to figure out. I was like, is she faking it? Because it sure seems like she's legit crazy. But if she's legit crazy, why is this movie still going I- I have no idea if she was faking it or not. That's arguably a flaw or possibly just, a, you know, a decision they made that she, they're just like, nah, guess what? She's crazy or she's not. It's fine. Either way, this this is how the plot's going to go. Also, yeah. There's also the concern of where they get all the stuff. They've got a lot of stuff on that island. <laughs> if they have no contact with the outside, where they get that stuff? None Are of they that getting flour to bake a cake? Well, they did say that dude comes around every once in a while. Though he never yeah. does show up in this movie. Or if he does, I forgot it because of all the other crazy shit that's going on in this yeah. movie. No, he doesn't show up. 
Like I just stated it out loud. I'm like, oh, I guess I don't remember if he does show up because I was too busy wondering about if they were incest babies or that one chick actually went crazy or watching that dude swing off the edge of the cliff, which is fucked up. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> when they put that guy in that swing and they're all pushing him and you like as a horror film fan, you know damn well he's going over that cliff. Yeah. It's not it's I not guess. really like so you're just waiting for it and waiting for it. And I feel like they hold on to it just a little too long just to fuck with your brain. It's like an early precursor to what Family Guy does when they like stretch a joke too long. They just like they keep pushing him and letting him go and go and go and you're just like, He's gonna go, he's gonna go. And then you almost like forget that he's gonna go before he goes. It's great. It's a it's a perfect kill, perfectly done. Fucking Michael Pollard scrambling up the side with the fucking hatchet. Yep. God. Michael Pollard always plays a good crazy person. Yeah, it's kind of a niche thing, like, you know. Yeah. Well, he's either, like, super crazy or, like, Tango and Cash, where he was, like, the genius inventor that built the super truck. Still he a did, he does a few things. He, he also does a weird, sweet, and innocent character in a movie. And he also does menacing pervert. Yeah, he kind of did that uh, in one of the one of the sleepaway camp movies. Yeah, like he's just he just is a menacing pervert. He really feels like he is. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, guys. Mike Ballard, actual menacing pervert, or a very good actor, one or the other. I'm not coming down. So I think he's dead now, so we can speak freely. So we can call him a pervert because he's deceased. Sure, why not? suggesting. Sure, why not? We'll get no blowback. Uh, what's some of your other favorite kills? Uh, I like when the girl goes crazy at the end and takes the family out. I think those are all fun because she does them in like their own way. Like Pa gets it with the uh, shotgun. Ma gets it with her mini with her knitting needles, and uh, the chick just gets bashed in the head with a toy until she dies, which is pretty good. Uh, Michael Pollard died in 2019. He was 80 years old. They had a good run. I don't know. The uh, What's that dude's name? The Rob? Whoever. Whoever it is that gets the... Uh, I mean, it was like a toy unicorn, wasn't it? Oh, no. It was like a knight. A jousting knight. Oh, jousting knight. Like, right through the eyeball? Yeah, that's a pretty good kill. You get that twice, too, because then uh, Woody gets it, too. You remember all the characters' names, huh? Ma, all the douchebags kind Woody, of all the Teddy, game. Paul. That's it. It's <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the daughter getting her brains bashed in with that gross wash basin. Yeah, it was just super fun. It was a pretty good, like wrestling move. I felt like she was getting hit with like a one of those wrestling garbage cans over chair. and over. Yeah, pretty much she kind of had a wrestling reaction to and i think that that's um that's part of the fun is like she gets bashed and she doesn't go down like she staggers so you gotta hit her again and it takes a few and then she just like stops for a minute like oh and it's time to go down and the ba- the basement full of uh people hunk with the scarves was pretty dope oh yeah yeah the the dollies in the basement yeah it's like, oh, we got a surprise for you. And they took her down in the basement and they, they did the wide shot. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's upsetting. Yeah, it was when they started going through the stories of all the different guys doing it. It's like, well, what, 
what sins did they commit? And some of them are just like, well, it's behaving inappropriate on, on our island. And it's like, well, can you just ask them to leave? Or did you, did you have to kill them? <laughs> I will say some of the main characters are kind of obnoxious, though. Oh, all the... Uh, all the the normal it's quote unquote normal people they're annoying yuppies yeah, one girl just lights up a cigarette at their dining room table and i'm just like are you kidding me even in yeah. the 80s that was not cool <laughs> that's you that's what i told char i was like who's this motherfucker <laughs> well like can you imagine trying to establish a less likable group of people to start your movie off or like first of all they're from seattle Second of all, they have their own plane and they just go like, oh, just for the weekend, we're just going to hop in this plane and go to an island. And one of them murdered her baby and the rest of them are still being friends with her. The husband, the boyfriend didn't even leave her. Like He's just like, whatever, we're going to we'll just have another one. It's fine. Like His major concern is whether she's emotionally prepared to have another baby or not. not he still wants to her to raise his children. So he's just the next one happens. It's kind of on him, too. Like, talk about just an unlikable group of protagonists. So you're just like, okay. When you start getting killed off, I am not going to feel bad about this at all. I did like that the doctor, because the doctor was kind of like, look, she probably shouldn't be, like, by herself or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's like, oh, don't worry. We're going to we're gonna be around some people. And it's not just like, well, let's just go hang out, like, low-key for the weekend. It's like, now nah, we're going to jump in this plane. We're going to go... With all these people, we're going to do all this shit. I mean, granted, the plane breaks down, so they don't even get to their destination, but it just seems like a lot for somebody who literally just uh, got out of the mental asylum. Like, they didn't even go home first. They're just right to the airport. It does seem like a lot. And the weird thing is, like, the doctor character is written surprisingly well, where he's saying, like, they, they go, well, she's cured. And he's like, well, we don't use that term, really, because these are long term issues that have to be dealt with. And then when they're when the guy's like asking, like, should she be coming home? And he's explaining, well, yeah, like we've done what we can do for her here and it's time for her to go home. And she has to learn to adjust back like he's actually really well spoken and it all makes sense. And the douchebag's like, so Doc said we're supposed to go on a plane. That's what he said. And it's like, that's not what he said. I believe (laughs) I believe he said it'd be a good idea for her to be around people that she could care about her. That's different. Like from we're going to get on a plane that we're not qualified to do. Oh. But he was like one step away from asking the doctor. So when can we start fucking again? He was getting there. Yeah. <laughs> we also need to stop and take just a brief moment to talk about that dude's fucking mullet. What yeah. the fuck? I know in the what chat room, the you, you were really excited about it. Jesus fucking Christ. That hairdo. It was like a gel spiked mullet. I have yeah. never seen such a creature. Look, it's a horror film, and they had to do some things to make everyone feel uncomfortable, and that mullet is one of those things. You're all acting like it's bad. To me, that's like the mullet that I wanted back in the 80s. If I could have spiked up that hair enough and had that mullet, I would have been a happy camper back in... I have to quit the show. 1989? <laughs> oh, I had a can't, mullet. Don't you worry. I can't, can't be, I can't be here anymore. Brian's, Brian's excited about that gel mullet. Noah, I have no fucking hair. I would take any hairstyle now. I would murder one of you just to have that mullet at the moment. That might be acceptable. I don't know. That mullet's real bad. Yeah, this guy getting mouthy with a full head of hair over here. Oh, I'm I'm receding as fuck, dude. 
I wish I, I wish I was receding as bad as you are. <clears throat> Complaining about that awesome mullet. Fuck you. <laughs> that fucking that fucking mullet. Uh, it was beautiful. I was jealous of it. I wanted it. Doug's not talking. He's he's decided no no to the mullet. I'm upset that you guys keep calling it a mullet instead of hockey hair. So accept <laughs> your terminology. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to say I, I I always forget Doug's Canadian. He's probably into it too. I I would have had a mullet at that uh, around the time this came out. I, yeah, I don't see. look back on it fondly though. I imagine well, I wasn't making my own decisions. I've seen the pictures, but I, I don't think I was old enough to know what I was doing. Well, I'm just saying, I hold, Doug. I hold others responsible. If you knew you had a full head of hair like that, you wouldn't take it now. Uh, I don't know what I would do now. <laughs> See, he's conflicted. Just saying, isn't isn't the mullet supposed to be business in the front, party in the back? That's the concept, because, yeah. Be, because that mullet is clearly douchebag in the front, weirdo in the back. Oh no, no, this was business party in the front. Even more party in the back. <laughs> it's party. It's party in every direction. Right. You never had spiked hair back in the 80s? No, no, absolutely. I had spiked hair. I had a fucking mullet at some point. I had all of it. It It's just the perfect melding of both. I was I was fairly anti gel from the very beginning because that's it was just what all the douchiest dudes hairstyle was. I don't know that I ever used gel in my hair. Anyways, have we have we beaten this subject to death? Can we move on to go back to the movie here? Is there anything else about the movie? I mean, it sounds like we're all three of us are pretty positive on it. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, we're only watching this movie because of how much I liked watching it like about six weeks ago. <laughs> or the most recent episode that's been released because we're behind on releasing. The yes. most recent episode that's been released is the one where I recommend this movie to you guys. And we're already talking about it. So I listened to that episode today. And now we're recording a podcast about the movie tonight. Uh, we may have feedback about it as well. That's important. Um, yeah, I'm working on getting all these episodes released. I have no idea why I got so far behind. That's fine. But that just means for listeners, you're going to get like three weeks in a row of like two episodes a week. So, well, there's no reason to threaten them, right? Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, but yeah, this one's this one's a high recommend. People should check this one out. It was fun. (laughs) It's I remember the movie creeping me out when I was a kid and then like rewatching it a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, my God. This is so much fun to watch. Like, it was just, you know, so I was like, I I, um, I don't know, like it's the atmosphere is so crazy and I still can't get over how hard that family is working at putting in those performances. These like relatively good actors just doing their damnedest in this cheesy low budget horror film. I love it. Yeah, I got this one on Blu-ray. I think this was one of those. uh purchases from screen factory because it was like well get the ones you already have in your cart and then pay like ten dollars in shipping or pay ten dollars and get free shipping for another movie so i was like oh well i'll just get another movie this one so it's a good selection thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info, check out The Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office.
things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Right. What did everybody watch since last week? Uh, I watched I watched a couple things. I watched uh, I Tanya. In which, yeah, it's 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 a real interesting movie. I don't and I can't I can't figure out if this movie is just completely making fun of her. Or if it's weirdly siding with her. I think it's both. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's Uh, doing some weird stuff. Like, I think the problem is, like, in the true story, all the people in it are so ridiculous that when you tell the story in an accurate way, it seems like you're making fun of them. Yeah, because she she was, I think, pretty involved with the making of it, from what I remember. Well, yeah, they all did those interviews for it, I guess. It's just strange. I, the, the, her ex-husband's the most interesting one where she would go, you know, he did this and he did this and he did this. And then he'd pop up and he'd just go, no, no, not me. I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, and then he goes, the, you- next, the next part of the story isn't true at all. <laughs> and I kind of get her argument of how he's, he's the, because some abusers are the type of people who know how to manipulate everyone into listening to what they say yeah so for all we know he is the type of dude who beats the shit out of her and then he can go no i'm such a nice quiet guy i mean it's plausible but see the thing with that whole story is that there's no good guys because it's told from about this group of messed up people and so when there's no good guys in the story it's really hard to figure out what the truth of anything is i did like that uh what's his face from cobra kai plays the bodyguard though yeah <clears throat> I always get excited when I see him and stuff. Oh my god, that that dude's whole persona of he's like, no, I was I'm trained in in counterintelligence. And they're like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's my background. No, it isn't. Like, why do you keep we, saying stuff that we know is lies? We we are the FBI. We know your background. None of this stuff that you're saying is true. Oh yeah, but yeah, it is. But doesn't he come across as that like perfect like small town tough guy that thinks he's important? And it's like you're not. You like you bodyguard a, a skater. Like that's your claim to fame. Like it's I don't know. Like, yeah, it's like, it's a totally noble job if done correctly. But I'm not trying to uh, not trying to dissuade anyone from getting into the bodyguarding industry if that's what you want. I, I feel but, like now. Go ahead. No, I just it just it's that that. Those small town guys that have to kind of make themselves feel bigger by acting as if they have like their specialists and something and all that. It's so it's such a strange niche of human beings that exists. And he's a prime example. Yeah, I really wish they would have ended, you know, the end of the movie where they kind of show clips of the mom's interview and stuff to be like, no, she really did have a crazy bird. <laughs> I wish they would have <laughs> like the rest of it would have just been repeated clips of. Tanya saying, that's not my fault. That wasn't my fault. That wasn't my fault. That wasn't my fault. This wasn't my fault. <laughs> she does that a lot throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's her whole, like, her whole publicly available personality is just basically this horrible thing happened. I, I had nothing to do with it. Well, wait a minute. Weren't, weren't you kind of the one that did it, though? Yeah, but it's not my fault. And it's like, well, you, did, you, did you have them do this? <laughs> did you commit this horrendous very public crime yes so it's your fault then no it's like i don't know what to tell you yeah 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 and her mom's a fucking monster what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember liking the movie when I saw it. I only saw it in theaters. But. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a good movie. It was fun. It, it was funny in good ways and kind of you know interesting. Uh, so then I also watched the entire docu series that's about the American Gladiators. <sighs> I want to watch Wait, that so bad. It's you know what? It was it was fucking great. Yeah, I've heard other uh, podcasts review it. And I'm like, God damn it! But it's on like. ESPN Plus or some bullshit in it. It's it's one of those ones that you watch it and you're like, oh fuck, like every everything everything you think of is a lie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those poor dudes were making no money, no money, making one of the most popular TV shows in the world, getting their body tore up, essentially like wrestling almost. Right? Yeah, it's it's crazy because they talked about the uh, when they went on tour or whatever, and they were promised five thousand dollars a week, and like none of them ended up getting that, and they were doing a show seven days a week, so every day they were doing a show, just driving from town to town to town to town to town, and it got to the point where they had to like hire in a bunch of alternates to cover for them because they were all injured. Yeah. Makes sense. But then the fucked up thing is like they were one of the guys, the guy who did, he ended up being on the show too. tower talks about, you know, they're doing the house show and he comes out for the first time and they say tower and he goes, and the whole crowd goes ape shit. And he goes, and none of them know who I am. Like, so (laughs) yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's one of those ones that it's like the rise and fall of a TV series, like how they made a show. It didn't work. They retooled it. It worked. They hit their stride. They got a huge audience. And then a few of the people involved asked for basic compensation. I mean, I think what they were asking for is like one and a half points on merchandising is all they wanted. And the crazy thing is all of the suits that are interviewed in the show keep saying we weren't making that much money on merchandising. And it's like, okay, then that means you should give it to them. It's, it's such a strange thing. It's like, if you weren't making a lot of money, then why were you so scared to share it? Right. It's a percentage. Like if you're not making any money, they don't make any money. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, basically they refused to do it and they were like, nope, we'll just fire everybody and replace all of you. And then the show fell apart and lost all of its popularity and shit. I don't know. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fa- listening to all their stories is wild because apparently <laughs> they were all psychopaths because, you know, they were all on fucking drugs. What? <laughs> well, one of them makes a big point. She keeps saying, I never did anabolic steroids. She says that about 20 times. And then she'd be like, now I took human growth hormone constantly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but I never took steroids. And she goes, and a lot of other people will say the same thing. I wasn't on steroids because I was on three other illegal things. (laughs) (laughs) But if you test me for steroids, I'm going to come off clean. Yeah, I want to watch that so bad. Yeah, you should. It was like I said, it was real fun. Uh, and then after all that, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog two. <laughs> the only Sonic I will accept is Ugly Sonic. <laughs> Ugly Sonic's pretty great. I'll tell you what, <laughs> the second movie is better than the first one. I think. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen either one. I've heard well, they're not terrible, but I just haven't. 
Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But I mean, like Jim carries in it. So he partially like just fucking yeah. carries the shit on his shoulders with him yeah. being a fucking nutcase. <laughs> yeah, and everything I've seen, he's like old Jim Carrey, too, where it's just the real rubbery performance. and Right. But two, they go way deeper into the lore of stuff. So it's got to do with like the chaos emeralds and they bring in. Uh, Knuckles, who's voiced by Keith David and Tails. And yeah, it's just like I said, I, I the first movie tries to take itself a little bit too seriously. They're they're like trying to be like, no, it's Sonic. But in the real world and in this one, it's like, no, it's this fucking it's a cartoon hedgehog in a fucking live action movie. Let's just go ape shit, which is better. Yeah, I kind of do want there to be an ugly Sonic cut now, though. <laughs> The ugly Sonic cut, just with his teeth. How great! How great would it be if they just announced a movie called Ugly Sonic, and it's just (laughs) an an entirely other movie with just the Ugly Sonic? I'm so baffled by that cameo in uh, fucking Chippendale. It's so it's so fucking good though. Chip, no, Chip, it is. Chippendale but, was so much better than it had any right to be. No, it's it's great. But like I said, I'm still imagining the phone call where they call was a Paramount, and they're like, "We would license, we'd like to license the movie Sonic, but specifically the Ugly Sonic." And they're like, "What? No, no, we want the design you guys rejected. We would like to to license that one." And they're like, "But we don't want the good. No, no, no. We'll we'll, we'll take the bad one." Hey, guys, it's me, Ugly Sonic. (laughs) Oh, God. You have to rewatch Chippendale soon. Uh, But that's it. That's all I watched. What did you watch, Doug? Uh, I don't have much. I watched one movie. It's kind of outside of our normal scope of discussion. But uh, it's called Last Flag Flying. And... It is. It's weirdly, it's about uh, a guy who is his son dies in Iraq. So he gathers up a couple of his old buddies from Vietnam to go to the funeral with him, which does not sound like something I would normally watch. So you got Steve, Steve Carell in it, right? It does. Steve Carell. This yeah. is what got me to watch it. So it's Steve Carell, Brian Cranston and Lawrence Fishburne are the three leads. And it's a Richard Linklater film as well. So I'm like, well, I better watch this because I don't like I just saw all that information staring at me. And I'm like, I don't know how to not hit play right now. Um, It's really quite good uh, outside. Again, outside the scope of like, it's weird to be discussing this shortly after discussing the other movies that we're here to talk about this week. But uh, yeah, like so the idea is. Steve Carell's son has died in Iraq. He gathers up his old buddies and there's some weird history there where Carell's character was served some time for something that happened involving all three of them. So he's like, basically you guys kind of owe me. I need someone to come with me to go like to my son, see my son and attend his funeral at Arlington. And the idea is when they get there, it turns out the story he's been told about what happened in Iraq is a lie. So upon finding that out, he refuses to let the military have his have bury his son in Arlington. He's going to take him home to bury him. And it ends up becoming this road trip of these three guys trying to make it 
home with a, his son's body in a <laughs> casket. Um, with like, so like Steve Carell plays like he's post military life. He got a job at like a military base doing like working in like a, a storage warehouse or something. Lawrence Fishburne's character went on to become a, uh, like a preacher. And then, uh, Brian Cranston is like a bar owner who drinks too much and never got married and never had kids and all this. So it's like three very different characters, but three really good performances as you, as you can imagine. And the whole movie is just following them. And it becomes this sort of dramatic discussion about whether soldiers can be proud of the fact that they serve without necessarily agreeing with the reasons why they were serving. And, you know, whether there can be camaraderie between the individuals, even if they were sent places by people who they don't agree with and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's kind of lighthearted, so it's not too heavy on that stuff. And there's some real funny stuff in it, especially with Brian Cranston's character. Um, he's the most comedic of them all. But yeah, I don't know if it appeals to you at all. I would recommend watching it. It's a really good movie for what it is. Again, super awkward bringing it up, like to go like the TV. You know, it's like, did you guys see American Gothic? Yeah. Do you guys want to hear, hear about this Richard Linklater road trip film with three Vietnam vets traveling across country carrying one, a corpse? No? Okay. That's, they're very different things. Um, I remember when it came out, it seemed like it might be interesting, and then I kind of forgot about it till right now. I don't think I knew it existed, and I'm I'm only guessing here, but given the subject matter, I bet you the marketing was all like raw, raw, go America stuff, and I just like flipped past it not thinking much of it and then realizing later that like given the people involved I'm thinking okay it's probably something better than that but it's yeah it's like I say to watch these three play off each other it's real fun um there's you know there's another character in it who is uh I don't know he was buddies with Steve Carell's kid and was there when he was killed and he ends up on part of this trip with them and you get kind of like this interesting they're talking about how these Vietnam vets and these Iraq vets are all kind of dealing with this idea of like, we were in this horrible place, seeing these horrible things, watching our friends die and wait, why were we there again? And there's some dialogue where they're like, you realize that the same lies get told by governments over and over again to justify their behavior. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, it's a recommend if you're in the mood for something like that. Again, kind of lighthearted. Definitely a drama, I would say, but not uh, not a real serious one, I guess. But that is like that's the only thing I watched, and the only reason I had time to watch that is because we postponed recording this by a day. So, <laughs> okay, too busy losing children in your backyard. Yeah, it's been my primary activity. <laughs> I was trying to create a horror movie, and said you have time to watch one. Um, well, I watched two things uh, that I probably won't be able to talk too much about because they're brand new movies. Uh, went and saw Asteroid City, which I was kind of excited for. Um, usually a little worried when everything looks so um, Wes Anderson um, production produced sort of stuff, you know. Um, movie was okay. It's got a weird, like, wraparound is the right story. There's something that they don't show in the trailers that... Makes you go, oh, well, I didn't realize that was part of this movie. And it completely pulls away from the storytelling and 
just creates like a whole problem, I guess, depending on, I guess, what you're going to see the movie for. Um, but yeah, uh, like all the, all the set design stuff is cool. It is overly produced, which is not a surprise. Tom Hanks is pretty good in it. Um, Scarlett Johansson's pretty good. I mean, those are big swings I'm taking by saying that those people are good in movies. Yeah. Um, Jason Schwartzman's good. He gets to play a character we don't usually see, like in Wes Anderson movies. A lot more like um, normal person. No, he's definitely not normal. Um, but specifically the Jason Schwartzman of it all, he's playing a, a much different character than we've seen in a different in other Wes Anderson films. So um, he's like a photographer, and uh, his wife just died, and he's traveling with his children to go to their his father-in-law's house because they're going to stay with them for a while, stay with him for a while. The car breaks down in this asteroid city place where an asteroid hit, hit the earth and then, uh, end up having to stay overnight and they call, uh, the father-in-law, which is Tom Hanks and tell him like, Hey, we've been, um, car broke down. We were going to this, uh, junior, stargazers event because his son's in it it's for like super smart people and uh, it just happened they broke down just as they pulled into the driveway so so we're all good but you know we're gonna need a ride from here whenever you get here and so he shows up they attend this event and then uh ufo shows up and it completely like you know government quarantines everybody won't let people leave the area all that other stuff and then sort of all the characters are kind of stuck there and everybody's interacting and there's a bunch of different stories going on with all the characters, uh, different groups of characters that came to this event. And, you know, there's some good stuff, but then, like I said, there's some other stuff that's just really like, why is this part of this movie? Could have cut all this out and just, you know, made this like a regular story. So I don't know. But if you're a Wes Anderson fan, I guess, watch it and find out for yourself but it's kind of uh one of his over the top things that just made me like i don't know if i like wes anderson movies anymore i've never uh, really been into them so i don't know it doesn't no. sound like this is where you want to start no probably not um uh, rushmore is still my favorite one so um and then the other thing i went and saw was indiana jones and the dial of destiny right. which uh i loved three-fourths of this movie okay like it felt like an old like an indiana jones movie like i was kind of happy and excited and was really into it and there's all kinds of stuff and then uh then something happens that's towards the end and spoilery so i can't that i'm just like eh, i don't think i like that is he attacked by actual cannibal shia labeouf oh i wish are you thinking of army hammer do what no are you thinking of army hammer no uh, yeah. Well, Army Hammer is the one in real life who's told an ex-girlfriend he thought about killing and eating people. His career's never been the same. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I really, like I said, I really like three-fourths of it. I thought it was really good. A lot of fun. Felt like an old Indiana Jones movie. Um, sort of enjoyed seeing Indy sort of not fitting into a more modern setting, which they could have done in the last movie and didn't do very well. Um, there's a lot of fun callbacks. Uh, there's some scenes, some 
flashback scenes at the beginning with some de-aging stuff that if you if I took like screenshots of it and was like, look at this, you'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Like there's some scenes where I'm like, oh shit, like that that de-aging looks really good. I'd like that's amazing. And then he'll do something where he like turns his head or something, and you're like, oh no, now it looks terrible. Okay. But yeah, you know. I feel like they got real excited with the de-aging because it worked well with like individual scenes and they try to do too much now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do a lot of good with it, but yeah, there's just some stuff where like, yep, oh, yep. Oh, oh, he moved his head. Doesn't look good anymore. But you know, so, um, I would say it's a recommend. Just don't get your hopes up. It is definitely better than crystal spool for me. Um, but, uh, you know, people can uh, take or leave, I guess, whatever they don't like about it. It's just if you're open minded, you may enjoy it. If not, then, uh, you know, maybe don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I still haven't seen it. I'm sure I will at some point, but yeah. I haven't heard anyone say it's great. yet, And that's a problem for me. Like Normally, when something like this comes out, there's always a percentage of people who think it's great. And there doesn't seem to be anyone who thinks this is great. Yeah. I don't know if it's great. I mean, obviously those first three movies are on pretty much untouchable. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, if they're going to make one, this is probably the better case scenario. Um, and since it looks like this is the last one, at least it's like a decent entry and not kingdom of the crystal skull. Yes, but, Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I don't know. There's some good stuff in it. There's some questionable stuff in it, but overall, I think I fall down on the side of, oh, I really enjoyed it. Just let the stuff I don't like sort of fall by the wayside. But uh, Do you think you're being forgiving of it because of its uh, your nostalgia? Or I don't think so. Like I said, I thought the... Um, um, the story was actually pretty good. Um, and I'm going to go out on a giant limb here and everybody's going to be shocked, but uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who plays the the, the villain, uh, is really good in it. Oh, about catching me off guard. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I really liked him. I thought he was good. Uh, they even do some de-aging on him for some of the flashbacks, too. And it looks okay. like, it looks way better than the the Harrison Ford ones, but well, I think sometimes the de-aging works better on people who have aged, but you know what I mean? If the difference yeah. between how you want them to look and how they actually look is minimalized. That's why I think it works when they do it with Sam Jackson. Cause he doesn't yeah. look that he doesn't look that different from he did from how he did years ago. You know, somehow been the same age for like 30 years. Yeah. And I mean, you can see it like when he tries to run or something in films, but you know, yeah, sure, you can't like in his face. It really works. So as long as they write and as long as they do the scenes correctly, it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say it's worth a watch. Um, if you're going to go see it in the theater, maybe doing a matinee on the weekend or something, but just so you don't feel like you are uh, putting too, too, too much money on the line, just in case. But all right, oh, I thought it was good. Not great, but good. Like I said, I loved three-fourths of it. And then the last fourth, I was kind of like, eh. Maybe I would have made some different decisions, but. 
It sucks when it's the last quarter of the film. Yeah. It's kind of the bummer. Uh, so one thing I forgot to do at the beginning of this segment is we have a piece of feedback. Um, yeah. Tracy sent us an email and she said, hi, all great podcast as per usual. And I am currently watching American Gothic as recommended by Doug. So well, hopefully I watched it because of my recommendation this week. So, yeah. However, I'm still annoyed at Noah for not picking a film or films to watch from my list. They told me I had to pick a movie that I hadn't seen. And I had Listen, seen all stop. the remaining ones on your list. Stop making excuses, Noah. <laughs> it was an impossible task. Uh, recently, I've been updating my British horror movie collection of rare-to-find TV movies that are now available on DVD or Blu-ray. I have found two little gems, and to appease my anger, I thought that Noah should watch them. Uh, she said they are Fright from 1971, starring Susan George and Ian Bannon, okay. and The Shout. 1978, starring Alan Bates, Susanna York, and John Hurt. According to the John Hurt, according to the DVD cover info, Fright has been cited as one of the earliest examples of what would become known as the slasher movie. Um, I won't believe Noah if he said that he has seen them. I I have not seen them. Bye for now. Continue podcasting, Tracy from across the pond. I like how she cuts off his excuses in advance. She's tired of his nonsense. <laughs> Wait, what year was that? She said Fright was 1978. 1971. And the Shout from 1978. So you have to hunt those down and watch to appease Tracy. It's like Fright's on Amazon Prime. We expect your, your reviews of these two films by next week. And then if they're really good, we'll put them on the list and the rest of us will watch them eventually. <laughs> I will I will see what I can do. Unfortunately, I am in the middle of an audit, which is miserable. Uh, that means listen, I'm putting an insane amount of hours. I love that um, Tracy shut down his most obvious excuse, but he's got another one free set up. <laughs> the old I'm busy at work excuse. How dare you? How dare you both? Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Noah. Since since Tracy's chastising you about movies, what are we watching next week? Well, now I have to decide. Because I could rub it in your guys' faces by just picking the movies she recommended and then forcing <laughs> us all to watch them. Thereby amazing Tracy and like <laughs> circumventing the whole thing. Allow me to cut you off there. First of all, she said you're to watch them. She did not say we're to watch them. And second, irrelevant. She didn't, she didn't recommend them to you. She, she, she did not say that you them. guys could not watch them. <laughs> I feel the most important thing here is that she didn't recommend them. She's like, Noah has to watch these. She didn't say they're good. She didn't say she recommends them. <laughs> I, for one, hope that Tracy is feeling mean-spirited and is trying to get you to watch movies that she knows you won't like. Could be. I'm going to watch Damn. them anyway. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with my original idea, um, mm-hmm. and we are going to watch uh, Barbarians and Think Big. <laughs> Barbarians what? is a canon knockoff of Conan. Uh, starring two muscle-bound twins, and Think Big is one of their other movies. <laughs> one of the giant twins' other movies? Yes. 
Yeah, they kind of became like a like a thing they tried to market. Like the Barbarian Twins. Yeah, sounds like a, a middling WWE tag team from the 80s. Pretty much. I mean, that's kind of what they look like. Hmm. Seems like we tried to watch these before and couldn't find them or something. Yes, but that's why we're doing it now. No so the Barbarians is on uh, Prime, okay. and I found Think Big on uh, YouTube, which I will share. All right. Look, I mean, one of them's a canon movie. It's hard not. Yeah, to I mean, there's bound to be some fun. Yeah. But I don't know how they're going to make shit blow up if it's a barbarian movie. <laughs> That's kind of what Cannon's good at. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Think Big was uh, distributed by Media Home Entertainment, if you guys remember those. Oh, I do. I think some of my Nightmare on Elm Street VHS tapes were for Media. Picked up uh, the Boris Karloff movie Targets on Blu-ray the other day. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm kind of excited to. I think I want to see that. I think I maybe even put it on the list at one point. Oh, nice. No. Yeah, Criterion. Sniper, right? Yeah. Criterion just put it out. It's a Peter Bogdanovich movie. Like Bogdanovich, you say? Yeah. He, it's the one he did for Roger Corman, who told him, like, well, it has to come in, come in under this ridiculous, you know, ridiculously small budget. And it has to include footage from the Boris Karloff movie, The Terror, that we did with him and Jack Nicholson. And basically told Bogdanovich to go go off and figure it out. So he wrote a movie about like sort of a, an older uh, Hollywood actor that's fallen on hard times or something. And, you know, his star is fading and he kind of loses it and climbs on top of a drive-in uh, screen and starts... Picking people off. They sort of show all the stuff leading up to it or whatever. The one I've been wanting to see for a while. <laughs> Never got around to really looking for it. And then Criterion had their half off sale with Barnes and Noble. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pick that up, I guess. Right. <laughs> Good post show discussion, guys. Yeah. Well, as we could Sorry. also talk about episode two of uh, Secret Invasion. Uh, I guess we could. I don't remember much about it. I've not watched episode three yet to be helpful. No, I haven't either. And I'm having trouble remembering episode two. Episode two, only two big things happened. Don Cheadle Uh, fired Nick Fury. Uh, We find out that he's married to a scroll secretly, apparently. Uh, And that the evil plan of the scrolls involves super scrolls. Yeah. Which ironically are appear to be getting the same powers as the original Super Scroll that got their powers from the Fantastic Four. And they've just went way out of their way with obscure Marvel characters to make that make sense so that they don't have to use the Fantastic Four, which I feel like that's sandbagging the Fantastic Four before they're even in the fucking world. Yeah. I did see a meme that said Marvel right now has the, uh, Perfect opportunity to make one of the most meta jokes ever. And now that we know that Nick Fury has a has a scroll wife, it's like they should uh, they should totally do the scene where he's asking his wife where his super suit is from the Incredibles. <laughs> Where's my super suit? Why do you need to know? Tell me where my suit is, woman. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. This last episode didn't do a whole lot for me, and I, I'm kind of bummed that. Uh, I mean, they've done this before. They kind of did it with Civil War. I mean, Civil War was decent enough for what it was, but when they take like a big story from the comics and they're like, "Oh, we're doing Secret Invasion," then they sort of like, well, we're doing a Secret Invasion. It's not going to be the same as like the comics, and then they're like, oh. Well, but the one in the comics was really good. And then basically yeah. there's like, yeah, we're, we're going to do a not, not as good one. And we're like, oh, well, then why are you doing it for? Wasting well, it. The, pro- the problem is like to do these stories and like from the comics, you would need a series of 20 films involving all these major characters. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. they have to do it. They have to do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But it's just kind of like, oh, but maybe we just, we just don't do that one. Fuck do I know? And better than these motherfuckers. We still don't have Beta Ray Bill, goddammit. <laughs> Everything I keep hearing about the Echo series is just gonna be god awful. I just I don't know that character enough to give a fuck about it. Neither. But Yeah, it's a really interesting decision to give Echo a series. I don't know if I understand why. Because Echo is handy capable, so they want a series dedicated to that. I get get it, but there are other better superheroes that have a disability. Considering one they're already using. Well, Daredevil doesn't count. Because you're not allowed to say, oh, he can't see. But he also has super senses, so he can actually see everything. He can't see. He has better than that. Curse this disability. It is always sort of funny that they act like him not being able to see is such a problem. And then he can do all sorts of shit that we can't do, even though we can see. So, <laughs> uh, um, the fuck was I going to say? Oh, apparently some like stunt guy who wor- worked on the original Daredevil Netflix show and whatever, who's also working on other stuff with Marvel. It said apparently whoever at Marvel thought the show was so bad they were considering just giving it the backroll treatment. But apparently with the writer's strike coming up, they decided to go ahead and finish it and put it out because they're going to need stuff. Is that right? See, the only thing I saw him talking about was that he was talking about working on She-Hulk and that he said that the fight scenes and the stunts that he was doing for Marvel compared to what Netflix did were a huge step down. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that too. Yeah, yeah, no, makes but, me not look forward to that. Haters, haters, gonna hate. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky, and if Marvel crash and burns, it'll be at the same time that James Gunn turns the DC around, and we'll have a new era of good DC movies, uh, and then we can ride that wave for ten years, and then they'll crash yeah. and burn, and then by then Marvel will uh, be good again. Don't, don't, don't do it to yourself. Don't get your hopes up. Don't. <laughs> I know you like James Gunn. It's I I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I just don't want to see you get hurt. We'll see if Creature Commando sucks. That'll that'll be the that'll be the one that'll shut me down because I'll be like, okay, I'm out. Creature Commando sucks. No. I know, he's to, be, <laughs> to be recommended Batman versus Superman to me today, and I like had to debate whether to delete the app completely. I'm like, how okay, fuck is Toby doing recommending that? 
How it should you know me better by now. I almost thought you were talking about the animated movie, and I was like, oh, that movie's pretty good. And I was like, oh, no. He means, he means the live-action one. Yeah. I got pretty angry. Tubi should have said, uh, Martha recommends this movie to you. <laughs> Could have just been like, you motherfucker. That's how I ended up watching that other movie is because I was turned off Tubi because it recommended that. I'm like, get out of here. Fuck you. Then I'm not going to watch anything on you. That'll teach you. I thought we were friends, Tubi. Stab me in the back like this. Tell you the worst thing is I'm not, I've been trying to watch new movies and, you know, expand my horizons and stuff. But every time I turn on Max, I'm like, ooh, Godzilla. <laughs> so, so much Godzilla just at my fingertips all the time. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.